Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening. Tom Moran here from Tom's Big Spiders. In this episode, we're going to be taking a look at the deadly spiders we keep in our home. Okay, not really. What we're going to be doing, hopefully, is kind of dispelling some of those myths that surround them. I've obviously, as everybody knows, I've recently gotten into collecting some of the true spiders, and some of them out there have these names that kind of immediately instill fear in anybody. So if you tell them that you're keeping a, say, wandering spider, immediately they start talking about priapisms and death and banana spiders and everything else. If you tell them you're, you know, you have, I don't know, northern widows, perhaps, then again, you get the same thing. How can you keep those? You're putting your family at risk. I think that whenever spiders are involved, again, if, if we're being realistic about this, they're one of the most feared animals on the planet. I mean, what I think some of the I want to say they're they're always in the top three of phobias up there with snakes and I think like clowns or something. I did, I did not look this statistic up. I have other ones as we go through. But there, you know, if you talk to the number of people out there that have a fear or a loathing of spiders, it's it's abnormally high for a you know a particular animal. And and again, coming from a spot where I used to be terrified of them, I was one of the fortunate ones I think because I was never I didn't loathe them. I was just scared of them. I found them incredibly fascinating. It's like you know I've been young enough to have seen. When I was a kid, and that made me terrified to go in the water. But I still think great white sharks are one of the most beautiful animals on the planet. So I'm fortunate in that respect. But for a lot of people, I think it's human nature. If something scares you, you think it poses a threat, you want to kill it. And that's the sad truth about it. And I don't think we, as a hobby, sometimes do ourselves any justice with the way we present these animals. So for example, if you know, we've spoken about this ad nauseum, one of my, of my two biggest pet peeves in the hobby. One is folks throwing out arbitrary ideal temperatures and ideal humidity requirements that will never stop driving me nuts. And I've realized now that after years of trying to do this and explain to people it's not a big thing, it's never going to go away. The other thing that irritates the heck out of me is people that present these animals that supposedly love these animals and they're, you know, they have YouTube channels and they do videos and TikToks and they present them as scary. It drives me nuts. And I get it. And I get if you're trying to build the channel and I get if you're trying to, you know, build a TikTok audience or get people to watch you. People don't want to hear, hey, look at my spider. It's actually very laid back and poses zero threat to you. They want situations where the spider is running around, where there seems to be some inherent threat or some inherent risk of, you know, bite or danger or even death. I mean, that those lurid type presentations of these animals really do bring in people to watch videos and to check them out. And in some cases, good comes out of it because they come over, they find a channel that, I don't know, they're presenting them in a way that, you know, the, the tarantula's running around, it's quote-unquote aggressive and nasty and, and a jerk, and I've heard them called a-holes, which I hate. And then they start getting fascinated, they do a little more research, because a lot of times what happens is people go, well, I'd like to keep those, but I don't want to keep them if they're going to be a threat to me. And they start doing the research, and they go, oh, wait a minute, these aren't that bad at all. I can't tell you how many people have come to me that have been drawn into the hobby through those type of sensationalistic presentations of these animals. And then once they got into it, realized this is ridiculous. These things are beautiful. They're majestic even. They're they're 99.9% of the time, especially when we talk about tarantulas, completely harmless if treated with respect. So some good comes out of it, I guess. I mean, I have to look at it positively because it would eat me alive. The other night I was on and I just found some, it was an older video and it was somebody talking about their deadly and it was an OBT. Like for crying out loud, can we stop with that? I mean, it's it's ridiculous. And unfortunately, the, the bad side of it is A, it perpetuates 
that view that the majority of people have that these are animals to be feared and killed. How many times have you posted something up on Facebook or Instagram and some idiots come on and went, burn it. If I had that in my house, I'd burn my whole house down. And we've all heard it before. It's like, we've heard it so many times that it's just, it becomes a minor annoyance when somebody says it because we're almost expecting it. But it, that's the what many people think about these animals. So when we do these channels, when we present them in a way that supports and fosters those negative opinions of these animals, we're doing the whole hobby a disservice. I mean, I spend so much time, and it's great because I was sitting at work the other day and we have a pair of professionals working for us that uh, when he found out I had spiders at first, he's like, oh my, my God. But then he was telling me the other day how he had, he used to be one of these ones that would kill them. And now he has one that's kind of chilling in his room and he's kind of named it. I love hearing that stuff because it's like, oh my God, I actually made a difference. Like he's starting to study more on them and you know, he's, there's an interest now. I love that kind of thing. But I think unfortunately when we present them the wrong way, we just feed into that idea that they are dangerous. And that drives me nuts. I mean, we've well documented that we've, I've had situations where someone might have referred them as dangerous or deadly and I kind of flip out and the people are like, why are you taking it so personally? It's because I love them and it's ridiculous. It's it just perpetuating. You can't say to me, you can't look me in the eye. I will never listen to somebody like this say, I love these animals and then present them in a way that makes them look dangerous, deadly, or threatening. I'm sorry, that's not true. If you're warning people, like if you're presenting an old world species and you're like, listen, these guys don't have the urticating hairs. To defend themselves, they will resort to using their fangs and venom. But if you treat them with caution and respect, that shouldn't be an issue. That's one thing. But to make them out to be a dangerous animals, yeah, I'm, I'm never going to be able to tolerate that. It's always going to bother me. And now I'm seeing more that now I'm starting to move into the true spiders, not move into them, but I'm, I'm, my mind has been open to how amazing all spiders are, not just tarantulas. Again, I was always fascinated by regular spiders, but now that I'm starting to keep them, it's becoming a new obsession. I can't wait to be able to present both. It's always been Tom's Big Spiders. It's going to be Tom's Big Spiders, Tom's Big Tarantulas. We're going to have everything in there. But now that I've started keeping some of these and sharing it with people, I'm getting, even from hobbyists that keep tarantulas, I'm starting to get the comments like, how could you bring wandering spiders into your home? Now, if you're like me, you thought all wandering spiders potentially packed a lethal bite. You didn't do your research ahead of time. For years, I ignored all wandering spiders, and I started doing my research and realized that it was Phenutria species, the Brazilian, the true Brazilian wandering spiders that pose the biggest threat. But even then, a lot of that is blown a bit out of proportion. So today, we're just going to look at some of the statistics because it's kind of for my own. Sometimes when I do these podcasts, it's for my own benefit. Like I need to be ready with cold, hard facts and statistics to the best of my ability. We all know about statistics. There's just a statistic for just about everything out there, and there's different ways to spin it. And I'll even say while looking up, you know, researching for this podcast, I was getting some varying numbers and whatnot, but it all points to one big picture. So for me, this is kind of like, all right, the next time somebody brings up one of these comments, I'm going to start throwing out raw facts at them. And again, for some people it works, and some people they could ignore raw facts all day long, even when they're right in front of their face. But hopefully it'll be more of a discussion about why we shouldn't be so darn afraid of any of the spiders we keep. So to kick it off, I started looking at, like, in the U.S. specifically, U.S., what are the leading causes of death by animals? Now, obviously, not everybody in the United States, and let's throw this out there, not everybody in the United States keeps tarantulas. So some of the animals on this list, there's going to be more human contact with, but I will say the hobby is growing to the point where I think there are a heck of a lot of us in the U.S., that do keep tarantulas, that do maybe keep some Phenutria species, that keep some Latrodectris species, some of the more 
potent spiders out there. So I do think those numbers are growing and there's more of us out there. So that needs to be taken into consideration. Plus the fact in the United States, if we're just talking about spiders in general, just think about how many species of spiders are native to the United States. We have the obviously the black widows, the northern southern black widows. We have the infamous brown recluse spider that obviously, you know, anybody that grew up in the 90s remembers when those first became huge and everybody thought every little brown spider around them was a brown recluse and that it was going to attack them arachnophobia style and kill them. We have a lot of spiders around here, so it's not just the ones that we are keeping and that we are putting ourselves into close contact with. They're everywhere. So let's take a moment to go over the animals that you are most likely or more likely to experience a fatal encounter with. So a 2018 study by Stanford researchers using data from the CDC put together kind of a list of the top three. Number one, which most people could probably guess, are deaths from bee, hornets, or wasps. So we're talking 220,000 hospital visits, 220,000 hospital visits, and this is just in the U.S., with 60 reported deaths. And I believe this one is, this number has actually been going up. We've had some years where there's been like 89 deaths. We've had years that there's been 50, but there is an upward trend of more deaths. I found a couple articles, which we won't address here because it's not about wasps, but that there have been more deaths due to wasp, hornet, and bee stings in more recent years. So right off the bat, you're more likely to be bitten and suffer, you know, anaphylactic shock or some type of allergic reaction from a wasp, a bee, or a hornet. Now, second was basically this all-encompassing other mammals, and the majority of these were farm animals. So we're talking horses, cats, raccoons, pigs, cows, you know, one of those freak situations where somebody's out in a barn and a bull hits them and ends up penetrating an organ and they're dead. Kicks by horses, attacks by raccoons. Cats is even on the list. I honestly wouldn't even suspect the cats for being anywhere near this. But anyway, they kind of grouped all of those animals together, and out of all those deaths, 90% of them were from farm accidents or farm animals. So that's something to recognize right there, that you're more likely to be killed by farm animals than spiders. So for those of us who grew up on farms, you know, there's, there's a danger, but I never really thought of it as dangerous work. So... That's something to keep in mind. And then the last one, which you could probably guess, would be deaths by dogs, which is sad because we love dogs, but there are obviously a lot of dogs out there in the U.S. You know, think of how many households have dogs. I have four dogs. They're talking around 35 to 50 bites a year annually or, or deaths annually. That's a pretty big number. So again, before we, we never even see spiders on this list. We have bees and wasps and hornets. We have basically farm animals, and then we have dogs. So not a huge threat here in the United States. As far as deaths in the United States per year for spiders, we're talking about an average of six, at least depending on the numbers you look at. And again, when I put statistics out here, I looked at a lot of different things for this. And there are some that had it as low as three. There are some, one that had one year, we apparently had 11, but the average seems to be around six deaths per year per spiders. That's not a lot. Again, consider how many different species of spiders out that there are out there, especially ones like the widows and the recluse spiders that get all the negative attention. And that's all we've got. So when you talk about spiders being deadly, 
that really, that information really doesn't support that kind of outlook. Could they be dangerous? Yeah, obviously some of these ones with the more potent bites, would I want to get bit by a recluse? No. Would I want to get bit by a Lactrodectorus species? Absolutely not. However, am I likely to die from either of those? No, I am not. There's obviously with the recluse species, the whole flesh-eating aspect of it, that that's what I think really captivates people's imagination. Like, oh, my arm and leg are going to rot off. I'm going to have to get them amputated. It's going to eat my face away because they do have those instances where it does cause, I believe, necrosis. starts eating away at the skin. But it's not, an, it's not something that's likely to happen. Now, unfortunately, due to the fact that other countries have different ways to report data and they're not always good at tracking these type of things, it's difficult to get a number of worldwide deaths due to spider bites. Again, there's not a lot out there on fatalities, but there's also not a lot out there studying all the different countries and which how many bites there were and everything. So this one got a little more confusing, but I would have loved to have been able to report worldwide spider bites. But one of the things I did look up was some of the bite information around some of the Australian species, some of the Brazilian species. So obviously in Australia, you have the Atrax species, the Atrax robustus, the Sydney funnel web. In the in Brazil, you have Phenutria species. There's a few Phenutria species or the wandering spiders or banana spiders. Those are the ones people live in constant fear of. And in Phenutria species, for example, the infamous Brazilian wandering spider, there have been 7,000 cases of human bites, 10 known deaths. So 7,000 cases of human bites, 10 known deaths. Now, part of this is due to the fact that they do have antivenom for this type of thing now. And since, you know, with, with a lot of these situations, people immediately identify what they were bit by. They go to the hospital and they get treatment. But even when you look at the cases that required the antivenom, you're talking 2% of the cases actually required that type of medical treatment. So... Talk about deadly spider, and I'm putting that in quotes, I'm doing the air quotes right now, that doesn't sound particularly deadly. I mean, that's is it dangerous? Could it cause you pain? Could it cause you discomfort? Could it cause you hospitalization? Is it going to cost you a lot of money to get the antivenom? Yes, it is. That's obviously the case. But are you likely to die from such an encounter? It does not sound that way. And then speaking of the other species, including Atrax robustus, the Sydney funnel web, that again, they have these little contests. If you go online like you'll and do a research, which is the most venomous spider, there's kind of this back and forth. It's the Brazilian wandering spider. It's the Atrex species. They're definitely more. It's like everybody wants to lay claim to the most dangerous spider. According to the Austrian, this is a quote from an article from the University of Washington, Burke Museum. According to Australian, an Australian museum, the number of human deaths from authentic spider bites of any kind in Australia since 1979 has been zero. Now, again, I'm sure somebody will be able to go out there and find something. I was looking up the number of deaths that can be attributed to the brown recluse spider in the United States. And one article said there were zero, but there was, an, unfortunately, a young man, a boy, that died, I believe, in 2014. But it was considered to be an incredibly rare occurrence. So looking at the Australian species... There has been no recorded deaths. And again, a lot of it comes down to having that anti-venom. They, they recognize you get bit by one of these guys, you're probably going to know it. You're going to go immediately to the hospital and you're going to get the medical care you need. So again, I was surprised by this. And I want to be very clear. I, this, what took me down this road originally was I was starting to get into some of these 
true spiders, and I knew that many of these true spiders were considered to be, quote-unquote, very dangerous. And for years, I avoided them, as I alluded to earlier in this. But so then when I started picking up true spiders, I was kind of going out there just buying things, like, I'll get this, I'll get this. I'm like, wait a minute, I'm not paying any attention to how dangerous these guys could be. So I took a break, threw on the brakes for a bit, and started doing some research. And this was some of the stuff I found. Now, does that mean I'm going to pull the nutrient species, nutrient species into my home? Probably not. They're quick, they're big, and the venom, if I do get bit, it's going to put a hurting on, hurting on me. I don't want to put other people in the house at risk. Plus, I got to be honest, Billy and I joked about this, like, okay, sure, we can probably get the anti-venom for it. If I get bit by one, I'm going to know immediately I was bit by one, we'd go to the hospital. They're not going to carry that probably in the United States at my local hospital. So what's going to end up happening is one of these situations where I'm put in a hospital room and monitored while they try to ship the anti-venom in from a country that has it a place it has it. This is what, how it's been explained to me. My bill, I don't think my insurance is going to cover that. And I don't really want to tell the kids that we might lose the house because dad went and played with spiders. So is there a danger involved with them? Yes. I'm not trying to downplay that. So what I don't want is people to go, Tom Moran just did a thing and said, all spiders are harmless. Bull. That's not what I'm doing at all. I'm saying that when you look more closely at the statistics, at the numbers, at what they're capable to capable of doing compared to what they actually do, it's not as dire of a picture. It's not as deadly or dangerous is they're not as deadly or dangerous as some people would lead us to believe. So that's what I'm, my whole focus on this is it to not in any way, shape, or form. I want to make this very, very clear. If anybody quotes me on anything, I'm not saying everybody should go out and keep these animals. I'm not saying, hey, go out, get some widows, get some brown recluse, get some uh, Sydney funnel webs, get some finutrias, get some Brazilian wandering spiders, get a whole bunch. I'm not saying that. But what I'm saying is we don't spend enough time looking at the actual numbers and recognizing that, again, human nature is to take that fact. Can they kill you? Yes. And turn it into they're most likely to kill you. They're going to attack you. They're aggressive. Reading about the Brazilian wandering spiders, a lot of them will throw up a threat pose first. They give you fair warning that they do not want anything to do with you. They back off. Then if you continue to futz with them, many of them will give dry bites or bites where they don't inject a lot of venom. They need this venom for hunting. They are fast spiders that track down prey. They need to be able to mobilize it quickly. It doesn't behoove them to waste their venom on some idiot that's sitting there trying to irritate them for their entertainment. So that's something we don't take into account. With a Sydney funnel web spider, if you give them space, again, you shouldn't come into any contact with them. Obviously, if I'm living, and folks are listening to this in Australia, or folks that live in Brazil that have had encounters with these guys, please chime in. I love hearing from people that actually live with them. So, you know, hopefully what we'll hear is, oh yeah, we know where they are. We try to avoid them or whatever. It's like the widows here. Widows, honestly, are not very defensive, at least in my experience with them, they aren't particularly defensive spiders. They would most likely flee. When people get bit, it's when they end up in a place where you grab one and you crush it. And that basically, if you accidentally crush a spider, its last ditch attempt to save its life is going to be to bite you. Same thing with the recluses. They would rather flee. They're not really defensive or I hate the word aggressive spiders. They are ones that are going to run away rather than stand and fight. But if you accidentally roll over one or step into a shoe that has one in it or you're moving wood and you grab the wood and there's a spider on it, that's where you're going to come into you know risk of getting bitten so we don't like again I think part of it's because of the fact that we 
so many people are scared of spiders. We don't look at these little things. We don't look more closely at them. The fact that, you know what, human nature is to take something we're scared of and kind of blow it completely out of proportion. Again, look what happened with Jaws and bringing up Jaws in the 70s. That movie came out. Everybody's like, oh my God, all the water has sharks in it. We went out and started killing all the sharks because that's human nature. That's something that we do, I think, with spiders, and we don't want to encourage that or perpetuate those types of myths. So to take this a step further, one of the things that people will say to me, and I'm sure other people have heard this when they find out you have spiders, especially if they find out, you know, tarantulas, again, everybody thinks that if spiders are fatal, then the tarantulas being even bigger must be fatal. So we get some of that. And notice I haven't even touched tarantulas yet because it gets even more silly when you get into tarantulas, how not dangerous they are or not deadly they are. But I will get the old, well, why do you pick such a scary hobby? Why do you pick such a dangerous hobby? A lot of people think that, they're incredibly dangerous, especially tarantulas. If a spider's dangerous, then an even bigger spider must be dangerous. And then for those of you who have big collections out there, what is usually one of the first questions you ask, you're asked? Do you tell them I have a room full of spiders? This is usually up there with one or two. Somebody will go to you, well, how many times have you been bitten? Not have you been bitten, how many times have you been bitten? Assuming that you must have been bitten because you're working with these crazy defensive dangerous, deadly animals. I'm I'm assuming the majority of you have been asked this. I was just asked this earlier this week by one of my students. They found I had a bunch of spiders. How many times have you been bitten? So they all assume that we've been bitten before. It's a dangerous hobby. That's the general perception from people who are not into spiders. It's a creepy hobby. We get that one. You guys are weirdos for keeping them, but also that it's a dangerous hobby. I'm sure others out there have been asked, Aren't you scared about your family? Aren't you scared about your dogs? Aren't you scared that you're going to get killed or bitten or die? It's perceived as a very dangerous hobby. So looking up some statistics with popular hobbies in the United States, here are some of the things I found that may be a little bit more enlightening and may put this in perspective how truly for respect, you know, even honestly for the yahoos that pick these spiders up that don't treat them with respect, it's still not as dangerous as some of these other hobbies. So bike deaths in the U.S. per year, we're talking about 800 annually, an average of 800 deaths annually. That's a lot of deaths from something that most people would consider to be a rather safe pastime. How many people go out and ride bikes to stay fit? They ride bikes to go around for transportation. I mean, again, not a hobby, so to speak, but a recreational activity. I mean, I consider working with my spiders kind of a recreational calming activity. People go out. I was talking to somebody at work the other day. They go out for bike rides after work, calms them down. They you know leave the whole day behind them. 800 deaths. Now, is that, am I saying that people don't ride bikes, you get killed? No, but I'm trying to put into perspective how silly it is when people start telling us that our hobby is dangerous. Skateboarding, not nearly as high, but 40 deaths per year. I didn't even look at the serious injuries because that would be a whole nother boat. But again, something that a lot of kids do, a lot of adults do. It's a fun pastime. It keeps you in shape. Obviously, when you're doing tricks and stuff on a skateboard, it's going to be a little more dangerous. But that's another thing that most people wouldn't think of. Now, that's opposed to the six deaths for spiders, 40 to six. Again, much more likely to die with the skateboards. And then I'd be, again, with these statistics, it would be nice if we knew how many people in the hobby collected spiders. 
how many people in the hobby work with spiders compared to how many people skateboard. I'd be curious to see those numbers because it would put it more in perspective, I think. But unfortunately, we just kind of have to speculate. Swimming deaths, 3,500 to 4,000 deaths per year with 23% of them coming from pools during family events. You go to a family event, you go swimming. Now, obviously, there's small children involved, but it's not all just small children. There's adults as well. That's something that's dangerous. So these are things that... We don't normally think about as being dangerous, but if you're going to say that the tarantula hobby is dangerous and you look at these numbers, you have to concede then that biking is incredibly dangerous. Skateboarding is obviously dangerous. 40 deaths compared to six. Swimming deaths, 3,500. Swimming is dangerous. That's something we do as a, a physical activity. That's something we do to unwind, to keep in shape, to relax. We go out and hang out in pools. That's If you put a pool in your house, think of it. This way, I get questions sometimes about, you know, the kids. The kids is the one that gets me. People look at me like, you have kids, you're irresponsible because you have spiders, or aren't you worried about your kids? Well, do you have a swimming pool? Aren't you worried about your kids? It's the same thing. It's, it's not even the same thing. The, the pool poses more of a threat than my spiders ever will. So that's something that I think helps put things in perspective. I know it's one I will be breaking out when next time somebody goes, aren't you you know, worried about your family with that room full of spiders? No, I'm not. I'm more worried about the swimming pool that I have in the backyard and somebody going in there, somebody having a friend over and the friend going into the pool, not being able to swim. That would, that would worry me more. That would cause me more sleepless nights. Now, to reinforce this whole idea that there are much more dangerous things out there than our spiders and our spider collections, whether it be spiders in your home, whether it be spiders around your home, whether it be you're a hobbyist and you're keeping them. I mean, I'm, I'm lumping this all together because I'm just thinking all the ways we could be exposed to a spider, six deaths, that's pretty low, but you are six times more likely to die by a dog bite. Now, let that rattle around. I have four dogs here. I've, you know, that's... Again, I love my dogs to death. The only way I'm going to die is if one of their, you know, licks me with their dirty mouth and I catch one of those flesh-eating diseases because they're getting old and their breath is terrible. But six times more likely to die by dog, 10 times more likely to die by bee or wasp. I mean, again, a lot of people are scared of bees as well. And wasp, my son, my 18-year-old, is terrified of bees and wasps. Like, as soon as there's a wasp outside the deck, he's back in the house. I always find that funny because we're up here hanging out with tarantulas and everything. But he's right because they're more dangerous than the tarantulas we have up here. And then my favorite one that puts it in perspective, the odds of dying from a spider bite are 1 in 50 million. 1 in 50 million. The odds of being struck by lightning, 1 in 500,000. So let that one rattle around. You are more likely to be struck by lightning than to be bitten and die by a spider bite. And it gets better. It To get struck, the odds of getting struck by lightning twice in your life goes to one in nine million. Still better odds than being bitten and killed by a spider. I think that really helps to drive the point home. Now, to circle back to why we're talking about this is obviously the whole thing we're talking about just spider bites let's throw tarantulas in the mix we haven't mentioned tarantulas at all and that's been purposeful because it's even less you're less likely to be bitten by tarantulas than just about anything there have been three recorded deaths that I could find possibly a fourth one now let's talk about those recorded deaths one was an S. calciatum bite where it bit a child on the back of the neck, I believe on the base of the skull, and that child ended up succumbing, whether it be to the venom, whether it be lack of medical treatment. A lot of the times when these deaths happen, it is because, or a death like this happens, is because of lack of treatment. One of them was a, an afonapelma bite. 
that apparently the farmer was bitten on the hand in the United States by Nafonapelma and developed gangrene from the puncture wound. So we're not talking about the venom killing it. We're talking about, again, an untreated bite that developed gangrene. And then the third one couldn't get a lot of information from. I couldn't tell if it was gangrene, if it was a bite, but there was supposedly a third one out there that I just looked up and tried to find. I used to have all this on my other computer, all these things bookmarked, and I couldn't find them. But we'll go with three known spider deaths. Now, somebody might bring up, well, what about the countries where some of these old worlds are more prevalent, where they may not have the, you know, the hospitals that we have in some more modern cities and some of the richer cities that's true but we've got nothing on that we can't we can speculate maybe there are more deaths out there from people that are in the middle of the jungles that are encountering these animals but it doesn't seem like that and think about this the hobby is exploding think how many hobbyists out there keep these old world species think about how many of these hobbyists are probably accidentally bitten by them i mean we like to look at our bite reports and go oh there's not haven't been all that many bites but think of how many people have probably been bitten and never reported it i every once in a while i will get somebody that will comment on one of my youtube videos usually one on where I'm rehousing an old world species and they're like what are you being such a baby about i got bit by one of those it was no big deal whatever, you know, I can't stand that. In this case, this guy was, again, trying to say he got bit by an HMAC, but it sounds like it wasn't, a you know, a really bad bite. It was a smaller HMAC. But I do get people that chime in about it. They don't die. I do get ones that chime in, say they wish they wanted to be dead for a little while. And do we, let's call it as it is. Does anybody want to be bitten by a spider? I don't. I have no interest in ever being bitten by anything. Does that mean I'm scared of them? No, I don't like painful experiences for no reason. I've outgrown that. I'm no longer a teenager or, you know, a 20 year old that has to prove his masculinity by taking, you know, pain or suffering pain. That's not my thing anymore. But let's call it as it is. You are not going to die, most likely not going to die from a spider bite. You're definitely not going to die from a tarantula bite. It's not three cases of all these species all around the world. And even if we don't have the data from the folks that are living out in the middle of the jungles that may encounter these, we do have a lot of people keeping them now, choosing to keep them through the hobby that are encountering them, that are working with them, that are probably getting bitten and still no data. That's why sometimes we talk about, and and again, I'm not going to, I don't want to totally poo-poo this, but for folks that try to use the fear-mongering to keep people away from old worlds. And by that, I mean they're not reasonable with their descriptions of what they can expect from an old world bite. There's this old adage out there or you know, theory that it's going to take one bad bite from a tarantula that results in a kid going to the hospital and making news, making national news before we start seeing bans on them. Because you know how people are. Somebody, if a kid or an individual were to die from a pet tarantula bite, it would probably make national news. People would be asking, why are people keeping these? They're dangerous. We don't want bad publicity. I agree with that 150%. People, there are folks out there, I know I've spoken to some folks in Canada where they've had bans on the medically significant species, even though they're, I mean, I'm telling you, when you work with these guys long enough, they're not that bad. That's basically fueled by the fear and the ignorance surrounding these animals. So we don't want that kind of bad publicity, but let's call it as it is. I was talking with another keeper not that long ago and I'm like all right we've been saying this for years yet people continue to buy OBTs at pet stores knowing nothing about them and try to handle them get bit and we don't hear anything about it so what are the chances of that really happening probably not great I'm not encouraging people to go out and get bit by spiders but I'm saying there's not a huge likelihood that anything like that 
is going to happen. It's just not with all the, the hobby booming in the U.S., the hobby booming overseas. I can't I talk to people from countries I never would have thought in a million years people would be interested in keeping tarantulas there that are keeping tarantulas. We're still not getting, we are purposely putting ourselves in harm's way, if you want to look at it that way. We are choosing to bring these animals into our home, to work with them, to feed them, to put ourselves at risk when doing rehousings and cleanings, and yet we still have no deaths report. We still have no big na- national, nationwide news story going out there where man goes to feed his OBT and the spider bites him and now he's in the hospital on a respirator. We don't get that kind of stuff. Does it mean they don't pose risk? No, obviously nobody wants to get bit, but they're not deadly. They're not. I would even go as far to say that they shouldn't be labeled as dangerous. I mean, I have, for those of us that work with them, and I know there's hopefully people out there shaking their heads or nodding in agreement right now. For those of us who've worked with Old Worlds for years, you start to recognize a lot of what we heard about them. Yes, the potential is there. Yes, they have speed. Yes, the venom is going to hurt. But it doesn't usually, if you know what you're doing and treat them with respect, it doesn't usually come into play. I've had people come up to me and talk about bite reports and talk about the fact, well, if you look at the bite reports, you know, these seasoned keepers are getting bit. Well, then you read a little closer into the bite reports. The seasoned keepers feed them with tongs. The seasoned keeper was trying to take pictures of his OBT and tried to poke it and it ran up the stick and bit his hand. A seasoned keeper stuck his hand in an enclosure to grab a water dish and the spider ran out thinking he was food. It's seasoned keepers making bonehead mistakes. We're capable of that. Every, you know, we've all done done stupid things. We've all gotten, you know, too comfortable and complacent and put ourselves in at risk, but it's not, it's avoidable. I've, I've done, you know, again, I did a whole podcast on why I don't think bites are inevitable. So when you factor that in with the number of people keeping them, the fact that the bites are avoidable and the fact that nobody has died from tarantula bites in modern history, heck, they, you don't even get anaphylactic shock or reactions with them. And then factor in all the people that live with them daily uh, around the world, that, that live in areas where these guys are roaming freely in the woods and the forests around them that end up in their homes. They do not pose that great of a risk. So hopefully this discussion here has helped folks to kind of appreciate and understand how silly it is when we not only categorize our tarantulas as being particularly dangerous or even deadly. I don't, if I, you know, that's something I can't abide by. I did comment on a video not that long ago and it was an older one. The person never got back to me, but I couldn't help it. A video popped up and the guy was talking about his deadly OBT and I did comment and said, that's absolutely ridiculous. You're just fear mongering. There's no, I normally don't break character. I don't go on other people's videos and comment about stuff. I, I never do. But this one just pissed me off so bad because it was like, come on, this is the type of stuff that gives them a bad name. And then for those of us who are keeping the trapdoor spiders or are keeping the wandering spiders or are keeping the widows, again, is there, are those a little more dangerous? Yes, it's. but are they like in line with, say, a piece of Letharia species, H. maculata? I mean, I've actually read descriptions online that were comparing the bites. Of, a lot of people will sit there and talk about the true spiders, and people ask how bad their bites will be. They compare them to tarantula species that have that medically significant, quote-unquote, medically significant bite. Do you want to get bitten by one? No. Is it going to be incredibly painful and uncomfortable and a very unpleasant experience? Yes. Let's not lose sight of that. They deserve respect. They respect. They absolutely deserve caution. They deserve keepers that are going to appreciate and respect them as the animals that they are and respect the fact that they do proffer painful bites that could result in you heading to the hospital for some treatment. 
Are they going to kill you? No. Is it going to be unpleasant? Yes. Let's not lose sight of that. I The last thing I want with this podcast and with, with this particular episode, and one of the reasons I was kind of holding back how to do it, is I don't want people think I'm poo-pooing the fact that a tarantula could potentially put a hurting on you, that some of these species I just talked about could put a hurting on you. Yes, I think you really need to be having now started to work with some of the faster species of true spiders. You need to be on your toes working with these guys. You need to be very careful. Again, we always talk about when working with tarantulas, the time that you're, you know, the, the, most of the incidents, most of the uh, situations that could lead to you becoming, you know, being bitten or having the tarantula escape are going to happen during the rehousings. Usually, if you tap a tarantula cage and give, if you've given the tarantula enough room to either burrow or hide, it will run and hide first. And then you can go in, you can change the water dish, you can pull out some boluses. Usually, they're not going to run out at you. The one thing I have noticed with some of the true spider species, that doesn't always hold true. There is a, an increased risk because you have an animal that I will tell you these things will run circles around piece Letheria as far as speed like we're talking true teleporters and then you have a situation where you go to open the enclosure to feed it and the spider bolts out and what do you do you try to put your hand in the way you put something in the way that could result in the bite that's something you need to keep in mind so i'm not saying in any way shape or form hey everyone go out and start keeping some of the more medically significant tarantula species that's not it what i am saying is we need to be careful with how we present ourselves not only to other potential hobbyists but to the folks at large that don't understand our hobby to the folks at large the normal i don't know we need to come up with a word for like people that aren't in the hobby the the normal people i don't know the folks that aren't into keeping tarantulas that have this innate fear of spiders we need to be more careful with how we present ourselves to them we need to be ready with facts and information when we are cornered and ask questions like aren't you afraid you put your family at risk that's one that always bothers me because i like to think that I'm a good dad. I obviously we have, you know, I have four kids and now I have a grandson that comes over and I would never put any of them at risk. But I have people that see the fact that I have this room that I'm sitting in right now full of spiders and they think I'm inherently putting everybody at risk. I don't see it that way. So this is why I think sometimes having a little discussion, a little dialogue about truly what are the risks of these keeping these animals? What are the, I wish, I wish there was some way as a hobby, we could put together a database, international database, where everybody reports any incident they had with a spider, where we could keep, I mean, just, and again, just thinking out and imagining and kind of daydreaming here, how nice it would be if everybody that kept tarantulas or the majority of people that kept tarantulas and spiders would be able to sign on to the site. So A, we'd know approximately how many people out there keep them. And then anybody that ever got bit was able to go on and go, I got bit. This is what happened. This is what, this is what led up to it. And this is how it turned out. Because I think what you would see is that it's a very small number of people getting bit compared to how many people they keep. I mean, think about me. I'm keeping right now between true spiders and tarantulas, I want to say 150 different species of spiders here. So that's a big number of spiders. And then I'd be able to put in there, knock on wood, never been bitten by one. So then somebody goes on and goes, hey, I keep 50 spiders. I've never been bitten. And then you get finally somebody, I keep 50 spiders. I was bitten once. So you'd start to put those numbers together and realize what a minuscule chance you have of getting getting bitten. And that would even include the yahoos to go out there and don't treat them with the respect they deserve. We can't discount the fact there are going to be people out there that pick them up. There are people out there that accidentally, again, I've spoken many times about folks that read that their bites are no worse than bee stings. They go out to their local pet store. They go, I don't want this 
G. Pulcropy is here. This thing's brown and yellow. It doesn't look good. But this orange one over here, this is beautiful. I want to take this home, show my family, and hold it. I'm assuming that people have done that out of just sheer ignorance, picked up some of these old world species and tried to handle them and probably gotten bitten. Wouldn't it be nice if we could keep all that data? Because I got a funny feeling what we would see beyond a shadow of a doubt is that there are very few bites. And then even when there are bites, you're going to get situations like, yep, I was in pain for a while. I went to the doctors. They gave me pain meds or whatever, you know, whatever it may be. In some cases, like with the really potent species like uh, S. calciatum or any of the Pisolotheria species, I got a funny feeling we would see more lingering effects. I've, I just spoke to somebody not that long ago that was bitten on the finger by a Rufalata, and they talked about that six months later, they started getting cramps in that hand. So that's, you know, again, that's no joke. That's something to be worried about. But again, I think it would be a very, very small portion of people overall that A, got bit, an even smaller uh, portion of people or number of people out of the ones that got bit that had any lingering effects from it. And then we would have no deaths. And I think that would be a wonderful thing to be able to share. Again, pipe dream, it's never going to happen. The idea of getting everybody all across the world to register, it just isn't going to happen. But hey, dare to dream, right? So again, I'm, I had more, I'm looking at my notes here and I had pages of notes with stats, but I don't think we want to overdo it. The idea is to just kind of take a cursory look at some of you know the likelihood of dying by any type of spider bite. And then the likelihood of even getting bitten and then the likelihood of tarantula bites and getting bitten and having it have, you know, and fatally or even seeking medical treatment to just kind of give people a better feeling about how truly unlikely that is. While at the same time, giving people some, you know, and again, I would do more. I wouldn't take my word for it. I wouldn't just stop here. If you're interested in this, do some of the research. out There's some incredible articles about there, uh, out there about this kind of stuff with some absolutely mind-boggling statistics. Do some more research on it, but be prepared for when you're inevitably in that situation where somebody looks at the hobby and the fact that you keep arachnids and venomous arachnids and be prepared to address it with some facts. Again, as we stated earlier, some folks will never listen, even if you put the facts right in front of their face. I get that. But a lot of folks will be intrigued and start to go, oh, okay. Again, I used this with somebody recently where I was talking about the number of deaths from the wandering spiders and the fact that you know the, a lot of the wandering spiders we currently keep in the hobby aren't even the super venomous ones. But a lot of people will listen to that and be intrigued, or in the very least, maybe they'll go out and do more research. Again, it's all about being informed. It's all about being educated. It's all about having a better understanding of the reality of keeping these animals and the reality of the fact that as much as it's one of the biggest phobias around the world, as much as they do pack, you know, some of them do pack quite a potent punch. As much as people will want to portray them as dangerous and quote unquote deadly in videos and such to get, you know, views, the reality is they're not. They're very beneficial animals and the vast majority of them want nothing to, they want less to do with us than we want to do with them. And we always need to keep that in mind. And the more people we can reach with that message and the more people that we can convert to, and the very, maybe not convert to keeping these animals, but to respecting these animals, like, the pair of professional I work with who has gone from killing them to now letting them go or catching them and moving them out or even having one that he kind of considers like a little pet, 
that's the stuff we want. That's we want people to recognize how beneficial they are, how cool they are, how amazing they are, or at very least stop being so darn scared of them that they feel like they have to kill them at every turn. And I think some of this information here, you start with the fact, A, they're not deadly. You start with the fact that the majority of them, even if you are bitten, you're going to be okay. It starts to make people at least a little more realistic in terms of what threat these animals pose to them. So Hopefully this one was informative. Again, I had I have all kinds of stats here, and I'm looking at it and as I'm going through it, it's like we don't want to overkill people. There are going to be people driving on the way to work listening to this. They're going to veer off the road because it gets boring. But these are just some of the ones I thought were interesting. The lightning one particularly blew my mind. I mean, the fact that you can break out that you're more likely to be struck by lightning twice than getting bit and dying by a spider isn't some incredible information. And then obviously this is something we could expand into if you really wanted to talk about it. Look at some of the quote-unquote deadly species of spiders out there and break down a little bit more, you know, how much of a threat do they really pose, how many bites have there been, stuff like that. But again, this is more of a general, here's where we're at, here is the reality of what's going on. You're more likely to be killed by riding a a skateboard than by a spider. I think that's important information to know. So, Hopefully you enjoyed it. I enjoyed talking about it. I, For me, some of the best podcasts are the ones that I actually have to look some stuff up and do some research and learn myself. And again, a lot of this information I did not know three, four, hell, even a year ago. Honestly, when I was looking at wandering spiders, I avoided them like the plague because I was worried that, you know, they were going to be deadly and realizing that, A, the majority of them are not deadly was a huge eye-opening revelation to me. So again, I can still learn, other people can still learn, and hopefully we find out some of the people around us that don't quite tolerate our hobby or understand our hobby. Hopefully we can find some of them can learn too. So that will do it for this one. As always, you can find me on YouTube if anybody likes the T-Ocrity. I just did a rehousing featuring mine and did some husbandry on that. Uh, You can find me on thomasbigspiders.com. As always, guys, stay safe, and we'll catch you all next time.